Welcome to the Once and Future Authors Podcast. I'm Stephanie, and I'm so delighted to be joined today by USA Today best-selling author, DC Gomez. She's the author of the Intern Diary series. Oh, and so many other things, but uh, you are going to be delighted to meet her. I almost forgot to hit record because we're smoozing so much, but I want to share her with you. So here's DC. Thanks for joining me. Madam, thank you so much for having. It is such an honor and I'm so delighted to be here with you today. Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you. And my gosh, how much have you written at this point? It's kind of scary because I'm a little ADD. So I go through these, <laughs> I can admit this, I'm ADD and OCD. So I go through these binges and spurges of writing. So when I'm in the writing mood, I'm going to write nonstop and then I stop. So it drives a lot of people insane. So right now I have a new book coming out next Wednesday, which would be book 17. So I have a new, no, I know. So I, yes. Seven, so I have seven. Wow. It's fun because they're all in different genres. So you have some novels, you got novellas, you have different, we got children's books, we got devotional. So you get a little bit of everything. So you never bore, at least I'm never bored. So I get to play in all these different areas. And just kind of rotate it. You know, when I'm tired of writing fantasy, I go to children's or I go fiction straight. So it's just a little bit of hush posh and it works really well in my mind. Yeah. Now, do you work on projects at the same time? Like, are you working on a devotional while you're writing some fantasy thing at the same time? I don't mean like literally with one hand and one hand. That. that would be impressive. I wish I could do that. <laughs> I do outlines to different projects. And one of the things that I think people kind of get confused because somebody's like, are the books really good if you release a lot of books a lot of times? Because I have friends that release almost a book a month. One of the things that people forget is we're thinking about this book 24-7. That's right. So while, I'm author. I mean, this is what you do. Yeah, all the time. So while the books might feel like they're coming fast, I'm thinking about this two years in advance. So the two series that came out, I had one coming out in March, one coming out here now in April, and then there's another one coming out in May. Right. So I'm doing a quick releases, but I have outlined these books years ago. So I've been, so the plots have been already developed. So I usually have something in the queue all the time. And then when I'm writing, it's usually just that book. I I will love to jump from one book to another. Once I'm ready, it's like, no, like I literally have to start the book, finish the book. Then I can jump through the next one. I mean, that would make sense to me that you kind of get obsessed and you're like in that world, mm-hmm. you know, not like, I, I think of also the opposite would be a knitting project. People who have knitting projects in every room of their house, they just kind of swap around. I mean, I guess- That would be interesting. <laughs> I do have author friends who can do that. They honestly can start a project, put it down and come back. I have not mastered the art. Like I literally have to have this book and I will finish it because if I put it down, I'm going to pick up something else and finish that before I come back to this. Yeah, I get that. So I get that. jumping back and forth has not been something I have mastered. So when you're immersed in a book, tell me about your typical day. Are you like, oh, wake up in the morning and I'd start writing? Or are you right deep into the night? What's, what's your day look like? It depends how much I literally push my deadlines. So this is usually like the whole, how quickly do you need to get this done? Because you waited to the last minute. Of course you I'm, I'm like it. Of course you did. (laughs) Every single writer, you know this really well. We are masters of procrastination. Absolutely. I think we work really well. There's a deadline. I mean, unless I actually have the deadline. And sometimes, you know, it's bad for me. I don't know how you feel. 
it's bad if the deadline is near the beginning of the month because until you kind of flip that calendar page, I don't even see it. <laughs> I gave myself some grace and I tell everybody now I don't look at it as procrastinating. I just do backwards planning. I know what's the last date I need to start before I'm late. I was like, okay. So what I do, I'm a morning person. So usually I will knock out a chapter in the morning before starting my day. So on a regular day, I would do about two to 3,000 words in about two hours in the morning. And then I can go and pretend to do stuff. And then I'll come back and pick about two more throughout it because my outline's already done. So my chapter outlines are there so I can just go and play. Like the writing, the playing part. If I'm officially late, yeah, I will sit there all day. Like, oh, right, <laughs> take a break, go eat run an errand, come back and do some more. So it feels a lot more like work. Right. When I decide, I'm like, yeah, I kind of waited too long. Oops. I know. That's kind of what it is. It's like, yeah, I can't go out and play. Like, I got to go sit at home and write. What's the easiest part for you? Is it the outlining, the writing, the release, the marketing, the sitting on interviews with people like me? What, what, part, what part is easiest, most enjoyable? I wish I didn't have to do that. And I'd hire someone to do that if I could. Where, where does it all fall for you? In levels of easiest, I think just the writing comes very natural. I'm a storyteller by nature. She's getting immersed in it. The outline takes me some time primarily because I'm just literally, it's like going out to, on a date. Like you're dating these characters and you're just kind of like, which way is going to work? What do you wear? How do you do? So outlining is a little bit more focused for me. It's a little bit more crafty. But in terms of the writing, uh, that's just fun. It's like absolutely having your favorite meal or whatever you enjoy and just having a blast. The part that I usually feel like is much more the business that takes more time, it is probably the promoting, social media promoting and kind of putting that where, because I have to stop being the writer and I'm literally becoming a marketer. I'm becoming a salesperson. I have to think much more in the third person. So it's not, a, it's all about the books and how I give them the best foot that people can actually connect and understand it. Because most of the things that I write is a little mixed genre. Everything's quirky and everything's funny. So I aim a lot in the humorous approach. So you get a lot of the dark comedy. But yeah, my covers can be a tad bit dark. People are like, what does that mean? I was like, there's humor in everything I do. So I have to make sure when I market that it makes that much of a sense for them. Now, I was reading and I, and I loved this statement. Um, you were in the army for four years and that is where you got your quirky sense of humor. It was just the funniest way it was phrased because I mean, I know lots of people who are in the army and usually that the takeaway is not the quirky sense of humor. So tell me a little bit about that. My mother says, and this will put things into perspective. She goes, I know we have a problem when you're not cracking jokes about things. And I'm like, do I just call you to amuse you? She goes, yes, yes, you do. So I, I had a lovely experience in the military. I don't know about everybody else, but I did a year in Iraq. So I was deployed for a year. I showed up and I called my parents and my mom is terrified. And this is, <laughs> put it in perspective, given my age, this is beginning of Iraqi freedom. So think about 03 timeframe. So my mom is terrified. Once you're there, you just make the most of it. I was like, mom, they lie. And she's like, oh my God. So this is the first phone call to my house. You know, I'm getting ready to go. It's like, so they promised me that I was supposed to see the world and have some sandy beaches. She's like, yes. I was like, oh yeah, I got some sand. <laughs> because palm trees, there's no beaches. And she's like, girl, please. So everything about it is how do you find humor in the world? Because if not, you're going to cry. Yeah. So I, I'm extremely quirky. My characters play from that sense of humor in terms of you have options in life. 
you can look at it from different perspectives. It doesn't take away the terror. It doesn't take away those painful moments, mm-hmm. but you can find a way to move over. And my dad is the same way. We'll be cracking jokes about things that are like, that's not funny. I'm like, it is. You know, it's funny. You just don't want to admit it. You were in Iraq for a year. So through the whole year, is it as hot as they say? I mean, I hear it's hot, hot. Once you live in Texas, it has a whole different perception. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody told me that. I was like, okay, I've been in Iraq, you know, moving to Texas. How bad can it be? It's not as humid as Texas. Okay. So as long as you're not sitting in the sun, you know, cooking to death, it's hot. And we were... (laughs) It's hot. Texas, I feel like I stepped outside and I'm slowly melting into a puddle. So like, I keep looking outside, it's like, summer's coming, summer's coming. It's like this evil villain is coming and it's going to get me. Uh, you, yeah. Okay, so if, if, if you're a Southern state person, not so bad. <laughs> you should be used to it. You're like, yeah, we've been there. That makes sense. Now, you're not originally from Texas. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from the Dominican Republic, but I grew up in Salem, Massachusetts. So I... Salem. No. Oh my goodness. This is the Joker's favorite place on earth is Salem, Massachusetts. It is beautiful and gorgeous. It is literally a postcard picture perfect. Ah. And so you live there because then like every kid you want to leave because that's just what we do. We we grow up somewhere. Meanwhile, she'd go for weekends up there. She loved it. It's so much fun. As an adult, I miss it now that I don't live in Salem. And it's interesting because in Texas, I get much more of the summer. Massachusetts, you get the winter. And I was like, where's the in-between state? Because that's what I need. But most people here are going, oh, that explains why you're right in this genre. I was like, I grew up with it. This is what my natural. Oh, that makes. Oh, that just explained a whole lot. Well, I'm sure that Halloween in Texas is nothing like Halloween in Salem, Massachusetts. No, and I'm in the Bible Belt, which I love, which is kind of one of those lovely communities that has embraced me, and I'm very grateful. But Halloween is not very big here. So <laughs> coming from Salem, I feel like I'm missing out. It's like, yeah, not for a Salem. Are we going to drink? Yeah. They look at me funny. They're like, what do you do? I was like, oh, it's okay. I'll go visit parents eventually. It'll be all good. Now, you write devotionals besides your fiction. Did that come because you moved to Texarkana, or was that, you know, something before? No, that was definitely a Texas kind of like transplant feel to it. So last year, 2020, let's put 2020, I, I do, well, I used to be doing much more active series on Facebook. It was always chit chat with DC. And my goal was always to inspire people. I am a dreamer by nature. And I believe everybody sweetly should be living their best lives. And sometimes that depends on how you see it. My goal for you might be totally different than everybody else's goal. But one of the things I had this whole idea as I was working on this series that I should do a companion book. And if anybody believes in the universe or God or higher power, I believe we have conversations with them. Right. Mine are a little different than others because I was like, oh my God, that would be a great idea. So inspiration comes down and says, you should do a devotional. Mm. And it was really hard for me because I'm the fantasy writer. I mean, you know, I'm writing about witches and demons and conquering everything you can imagine. And it was this feeling from the Lord with that line that said, you need to write a devotional. And I had to come to terms with the fact that, do I want it to be known as a Christian writer? Do I want it to be known as a girl that wrote devotionals? And how are my readers going to take these devotionals and vice versa? And I had a moment that, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm just going to skip that because I don't want to have that. And I swear I had this moment where God said, 
well, if you deny me to the public, I'm going to deny you to my father. And it hurt. I was like, Ooh, that's a bit of a blow. Let's not go below the bell. So we had those moments back and forth through a really big period of, do I want to do this? Am I meant to be doing? Am I qualified to be doing? Which is the same conversations that I have with a lot of my clients is, do you believe in yourself? So I had to swallow my pride. I had to drink the tea that I keep telling people to do. And this was that project of really becoming very vulnerable. Because when I'm writing fantasy and fiction, there's always a safe zone. I mean, we have these spaces that I write talking cats. I'm safe. Come on. Devotionals are raw. Devotionals are very much in your face. And you have to put a piece of your soul if you're truly trying to connect with your readers. So I became open and honest and vulnerable in many, many places. And it was like, and I'm doing three of them. Great. Let's wow. do this. I'm sure I was wondering if you had had that moment of wondering, should I use a pen name? Is this going to, you know, confuse my audience? I'm just going to uh, flash the chew up here. Dare to believe a four week devotional to help you see yourself in a new light and dare to forgive a four-week devotional to help you heal the wounds of the past. And you said there's a third one coming. What is the third one going to be? It's Dare to Love. So Dare to Love is an Amazon. It's coming ready to be on my website as well. So Dare to Love, it is honestly how open can you be with yourself? Because a lot of times we talk about loving others. And as humans, we're very good at loving others. We're very good at giving we're not so good at being good to ourselves. We're not so good at loving who we are and accepting that. So it is that transformation of how do you give love if you don't have love for yourself? So these became a very interesting journey to very be open, especially in a times where everybody's afraid, everybody's tension is high, everybody's going through a lot of these emotions. I picked the Bible just because I happen to be Christian. And it's an easy manuscript for me to work with and kind of give those reflections to people. You can pick any book that connects with your soul that lets you reflect. You have a look. And it's literally a two-minute thing. So two-minute read every day for 28 days. You have some pages to write. You get to reflect on yourself. And kind of go on this journey. Are you willing to be open and vulnerable? This is the thing. You kind of have to like self-help or else this is not going to work. Like, let it go. It's not going to be the book you need. (laughs) Find something else because this is not it. (laughs) Well, if someone is looking for something else, I do have to ask you about this one, the Cat Lady Special. Um, You have a whole Cat Lady series from Cat Lady to Arms Dealer. Well, as a person who was kept up all night long by my cats because they just, I don't know, they wanted to be fed about 17 times last night. I don't know. So this one intrigues me. Tell me a little bit about the Cat Lady series. So Miss Angela, so I had to create because I wanted to place her in a very small town in Texas. So I created Sunshine, Texas. I actually researched, we have tons of names in Texas. That one's not taken. I was like, yes, we're going to create Sunshine, Texas and little Cass County, which has a little bit of Texarkana. So that way it makes Texarkana the big city. And it's pretty much the concept that what will you do when you have nothing to lose? What exactly will you do for the people you love? Angela is down on her luck, kind of like typical idea of she pretty much gave up everything for love. So I have young adult readers who read me. I have children. And I'm like, you have to be in a different place in your life. You have to be a little older for this book to make sense. Just because of the nature of sacrificing everything that you will actually do. You know, she sacrificed a career that she was going to try to go back to school for this man who got up and left. So now she's left with nothing to lose. And I have to have a disclaimer. I never thought about it. 
it starts in her contemplating suicide in a very in a very kind of like do I do this do I not do this and she's sitting in her kitchen talking to her cats about what do I do with my life and she's just trying to make it better for everybody she wants to help her mother it's just how do I save this how do I save face because at the end of the day all she had was a reputation happened to leaves to have lunch with the older ladies at the senior citizen comes back and there's a knock on the door and it was that moment so she had looking like a hot mess because you know southern lady cannot look like a hot mess and she earlier that day opened the door in the neighborhood um teenagers come up and they say okay hey mom wants some tamales and she's debating like why do i need food i'm going to get this done she's carrying a 45 in her hands and they're like I can't get a BB gun and crazy cat lady has a 45. What is wrong with this picture? And she had this idea. I was like, what would you give me for it? And the boys are like, I'm not doing any freaky stuff. What are you talking about? And she literally closes the door. She's like, I just wanted the grass mill. Really? I just wanted the grass mill. I don't have enough money to pay you. What can I do? The boys come back and kind of made a job offer. You know, what do you do? Like they had crazy little friend that needed some guns to run some illegal stuff across the border. It happens. So this is a story of as much madness as the plot itself has. It is also a lot of redemption. It is a lot of forgiveness of yourself. And it's also kind of a very family, very woman-centric because a lot of the cast is female. What do you do for your family? And sometimes many, many of us can relate to the fact that there's some stuff we're not going to say ourselves. We're not. People can step over us and we're validated. But if they step over somebody you love, they step over your family members, even if it's an adopted family, you will go to war. Mm. So Angela has to find a lot of that. Extremely funny. It is very, very raw. My editor had one of those moments. She's like, I did not see this book coming. I was like, <laughs> and it was one of those definitely I had, I am previously divorced. So I'm pulling from a lot of raw emotions that I, at some point in time, we went through all of us go through heartbreaks. All of us goes through a lot of pain and suffering. And how do you twist it into this story? So Cat Lady has book two coming out in May. Because So we're going to go a little murder mystery with this one. So And it is one of those funny stories when you put a whole bunch of older ladies who don't have any filters. I realize once you hit a certain age, yep. you don't have to have a filter. Yep, so they'll yep. just tell you. So like many writers... Whatever's going on in your life is what you're pulling from. So when I started my outline, I had an obsession with the blacklist. So if anybody has seen the blacklist, you're going to get lots of red reference in here. And poor Angela. So it's very first person. So you get to hear her own dialogue. Like, oh my God, why me? Like, who, who gave this lady this? So Cat Lady is a very humorous approach to very much journey through your own growth and finding yourself and finding people. And how do you build your drive? Yeah. You know what I love hearing you speak is that you're writing very different books, but they're all you. You know, there's that statement, write what you know. And some people hear that and they say, well, what does that mean? Write what you know. I have to write a memoir, my life story. No, 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 no. That's not what it means. I mean, if that's what you want to do, sure. But, but you're writing what you know. You're writing who you are. And yet you've got devotionals. You've got Crazy Cat Lady. We're going to talk about the intern diaries. You've got children's books, all of these things. And it's all write what you know, write who you are. I love that because so many people don't realize what that statement really means. One of the things that I realized as I wrote a lot of my books is they all have a common theme and it's all family. 
I spent a lot of time in the military searching for a family, whether the family was the one that God has given me, the blood ones you have, or the ones that I made up. It is all very related. Where do I fit in? How do I fit in? Where in this society do I become part of this or become bigger than what I am or part of what I am, whatever you want to look at it? So a lot of the books have this core theme between it. It is finding that family or making a family. So Angela has a lot of that piece. You know, she has a very weird relationship with her mother at the beginning and her mother at the end comes around and is like, I'm one in on this. And she's like, you do know this is illegal. You do know <laughs> this is going to end us in jail. And it was still what will family do. So I write very much from a very human perspective, very much. How do I connect to my readers as insane as the adventures are? You can always connect to sacrifice. You can always connect to loving people. Sometimes when they don't deserve it. So it is a lot of that loving and compassion that you can find. Nice. Very cool. So tell me a little bit about this Intern Diaries series. What's going on in this? I'm going to put it up here so we can all see. I've got a bunch of covers, but uh, without giving it away. You my 30 second spiel on the intern. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's just kind of put it out there. It is an action adventure, urban fantasy, extremely quirky and shenanigans. Let's just, just say this madness everywhere. But it's based on the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Okay. So it is gives you a very interesting approach, by the way. I just got to notice that death intern won first place on the humorous uh, fantasy category okay. for the book fest. I know. I was doing a happy dance. Yeah. I needed validation that I was funny. I was like, yes, I'm funny. <laughs> but it is very much kind of, it starts out Death Interns book one. It starts very mundane. It's very mundane magic. You know nothing. She doesn't know anything. And I usually tell everybody, you know, she accidentally, let's just put it out there. She didn't mean to, kills Death's old intern. Mm -hmm. So now she has the job and what do you do? And she's working with a five dozen year old talking cat, a boy genius. And she has literally one friend in Texarkana. Yeah. happens to go missing so she goes on this journey it is isis black is her adventures meeting death in book one you meet plague in book two war in book three you meet the insane famine in four and then you go all out with judgment day which is by the way if you're going to have an apocalypse storyline then you literally have to go all out let's be honest about this so judgment day is when all your enemies come together and it's not going to end up good Oh. So this is what you're doing. I got a three novella. So uh, Constantine is actually the first novella in the series. Somebody asked me that I should do a uh, part of free. So okay. Constantine, the ebook is free everywhere. You can get it from my website and join the newsletter. Fantastic. But it's the story. It's the story of the cat. I was like, who in God's free earth wants to hear about this cat? So <laughs> I, might, I might have readers. Constantine has fans and Constantine's fans send him mail addressed to dear Constantine and you're human I'm like I've been downgraded to human thank you, thank you. <laughs> so it is a fun adventure if you enjoy action I have been to conventions and I tell people if you like fantasy come and see me because I'm going to keep you entertained if you don't like fantasy don't pick up the series because it's just progressively going to get worse you're just going to go from one adventure to the other Book two has zombies. Book three, we're going to have a cross star lover between a vampire and an elf. Mm. I got shifters. Oh, it's all sorts of fun madness. So, but if you don't like fantasy, stick with Cat Lady. That's a little safer. Do not pick up the internaries. Do you have cats? 
I have one. <laughs> Is it been Constantine? <laughs> He's his ultra ego, I can guarantee you. My cat is definitely like Constantine personified. And I usually kind of let everybody know. like, Constantine is a version of my mother and my cat, mm. who are the only beings that boss me around on a daily basis. And you don't know how to get out of that. I'm like, I was busy. They're like, no, 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 we need attention now. It's like, oh, okay, okay, I'll do this. Well, I mean, your cat's very good. They're not on the air right now. I see cats walking across screens all day long. Closed door, outside a room. <laughs> yes, I've learned the hard way that he wants attention. And what you will do is he won't be on the screen. He'll just knock the screen over. And you'll be like, and there it goes. Thank you, thank you. Boom. That's right. pretty much how my life goes. And now children's books also. You're writing children's books. Tell me a little bit about that. I have, now I have two adorable nephews. At the time when I started, I had one. And my goal in life was really, really simple. I do not want Adam to be 35 and not know if he has any talent. So the children's books are very focused on how do I help little ones to find who they are and really give them that approach. So Charlie's What's Your Talent? We have Charlie Dare to Dream that is out now that is coming up on the website. It is all about... How do you soar? There is a book for leadership development called Soar With Your Strength. And it tells everybody that you should pick the things that you're good at and focus on that and develop it. And I'm like, that is a beautiful approach. Here's the problem. What happens if you are a five to 10 year old child and don't know what you're good at? You know, Because we talk about talents and we're thinking about, I need to play an instrument. I need to dance. I need to sing. What happens if you can't? So Charlie is that little boy who goes to school and they have this talent show and he's horrible at everything. He comes home and he talks to his grandmother who he lives with and he's just depressed. And he's like, grandma, I'm just, I don't have any talents. So her goal is she gives him a project for the weekend and says, write down everything you do. So Charlie has his regular life. He goes swimming, he goes playing, he plans, he cooks. And on Sunday, they're supposed to go over his list. And he realizes, I really don't have any talent. Like, come on now. Like, grandma, what what just happened? (laughs) He's even more terrified. So she sits down with him and has this conversation of, you know, what is the talent? And sometimes the things that come very natural for us, we take for granted. I think us as storytellers, we're notorious for having the imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. We seriously listen to the voices in our head and we think we're not good enough. Because we don't think we have studied hard enough. Or we haven't done all this. So she had the conversation. So he goes, Grandma, is cooking a talent? And she goes, yes, because my brother can even boil water. So trust me, it is a talent. So it has given them a perspective to go home and truly look at their lives and say, what do you enjoy to do? What are you good at? And can you see that as something you can excel? Instead of trying to focus on other things that they can't do right. Because let's be honest, if you cannot swim, it doesn't matter, and you're not good at it, but this is not your passion. It doesn't matter how many times you actually practice. You're not going to become an Olympic swimmer. It's not going to happen. So how about we focus on the things that you're good at, that you enjoy? So the book finished with a few reflection pages for parents or grandparents who are watching or any adult who's doing this book with a kid for them to write on it. I am crazy about kids writing on books, and I want them to be able to have the whole experience. I want you to see it. I want you to touch it. I want you to do it. Then I want you to go have a blast trying to figure it out. What are you good at? And what is these things that will make you thrill? I never thought that I would have a children's 
fan base, if that makes any sense, because you just never think about it. Like I was very focused on creating a book for my nephews that they were actually will enjoy and do. I had met one of my friends. He's like, hey, I have little kids. Can I have a book? So we went through the signing. I literally was driving down the street and his kids were like, oh, dad, that's DC. He's like, my kids want to meet you. I was like, that is so funny. I know. Like as an adult, you're like, why do your kids want to meet me? Like, that's weird. They're like, you wrote their book. I was like, oh. So my heart just kind of melted. And I was like, it is isn't that amazing. Who is Kathleen Gomez, your editor, your illustrator? Kathleen happens to be my sister-in-law. So from a Dominican family, we take prisoners. So if you (laughs) happen to have a talent in my family, you're just going to get kidnapped. And poor Kathleen had no idea what she was signing up for. She's like, I never thought I was going to have a published book. I was like, good. So I need you to do some drawings. And she just looks at me like, oh, God, you're a slave driver. I was like, I know, I'm sorry. But can you do these one too? And she's like, fine. All right. Keep it in the family. I like that. It's fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you've got so many different things going on. I have to ask, is there something you haven't done? Is there that elusive... If I had time, I would do, I don't know, what, 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 erotica? I have no idea. <laughs> so I oh, can no. put it. There's more. <laughs> I can tell you now, erotica is now going to be in my future. I found out <laughs> that out. Because everybody's writing romance. So I had, so by the way, Cat Lady is my take on a romance book. Because I went to a romance convention and everybody had these gorgeous covers. Like, I should do one. I was very quickly told. That is not a romance story, not even a love story. You should not try to do this. So yeah. yes, I don't think Aragnica might not be. It will be more like okay. no. I don't think I can do a whole like novel, ten you know, eighty thousand words of Aragnica. That might be like a three page, and we're done. <laughs> so we would not be doing that genre anytime soon. That might not be the best one for me. <laughs> and romance, that's not, not, not your spiel. You're, you're not going to have that cover with the half-naked guy on the cover like everybody else, no? I would like to. I might just disappoint. I might give you a really good love story. I can give you a love story. There would be some stuff blowing up. Let me just put it that way. There would be some cars destroyed. We're going to have a shooting somewhere. But I can give you a love story. I can find you that those romantic elements that make you... Oh, my new novella that came out in March, and I'm trying to think... Oh. So it is the Hitman. So this is a spin-off. Oh. I usually don't have books with me. I was like, hey, look. look it is that. the spin-off of the Intern Diary. So he's sexy. I think that's probably the sexiest. He did look kind of sexy there. He was sexy. I, I actually read this really hot and steamy, like, first chapters. And everybody's like, wow. I was like, I know. I don't know where that came from. That was all Eric. Like, he wrote that himself. Because usually my staff is very much, we're going to give you some adventure. We're going to give you some fun movements. The romance part, I'm working on it just to give you that side. Are you going to get a straight romance for me? Probably not. <laughs> Disclaimers, I'm like, you're not going to get that. I'm sorry. I, I can try. It'll be a love story. You're not going to get romance, though. No. And where do you do most of your writing? Right there? Is that your office that you do most of it? Nope. I'm a couch. Oh, really? You're a couch writer? <sighs> I'm such, I need a blanket. Like I literally have a laptop. Like I'm super comfy. I look like a little kid on my couch writing. There's a cat somewhere near me because he needs to be inspecting this whole writing process. But when I started writing, I wanted to be the writer that had like the glass of wine 
like the whole, oh, I wanted to do the whole thing so bad. So I got a glass of wine. I was like, we're going to do this amazing, you know, writing scenes. Glass of wine was gone. I was asleep. There was no writing that day. I was like, (laughs) they lied. I don't know how they do this. I love writers. It's like, I write with a glass of wine. I'm like, how many words? Because I got about 10. (laughs) And that was the end of that story. So no, I literally, I'm a couch writer. Yeah. You're a couch writer. If you can dream of writing or moving that couch, any place in the world, what place would inspire you? Or is the couch Mm -hmm. in the living room good enough? For me, I'm a very much nature kind of girl. So if you give me like my house, I'm very, very blessed. It's very quiet. This week, because parents are visiting, but for the most part, my house is extremely quiet. So I have a very zane kind of world. I'm a meditator. So I'm actually a meditation instructor. So if you put me somewhere in like nature with some beautiful trees, I'm happy. Put me by the beach and I'm happy. It's just, you know, the sound of water. I'm okay. I have tried big cities writing and I get nothing. I was like, I'm easily distracted. Come on, the ADD kid, the stuff going on outside. I was like, I need to go figure it out. And write it doesn't get done. So as long as I'm in a very kind of soothing environment that I can have to focus on my books and not everything around, I'm good. Fabulous, fabulous. Well, please remind all of our viewers where they can find you. And I'm going to flash over here because if they can get a free book um, at your website here. Um, you can get- Go ahead. They can get The Origins of Constantine, which, by the way, it's an award-winning book. It actually won two years ago, the novella. So it's you can just click on it. It is www.dcgomez-author.com. Super easy to download. You will be getting the new cover that comes with it. So my website is in the process of being all sorts of updated and transition and adding all the new books for everybody to find. You're also going to be able to find in the next couple of weeks all the events that I'm doing this year. Because now we have events. So now we're going back to the world of having people and stuff happening. So yes. yes. So I was in Houston last month. I'm getting ready to go to Savannah in July. So you'd be able to pick up a whole bunch of that fun stuff and get up the books and kind of send me messages. It's kind of All fun. Right. And there's a, there's a link to my Facebook as well as my Instagram. And yes. I try to be all sorts of active. So I'm like, yes, send me stuff. Fantastic. Yes, well, please. For everyone, visit dcgomez-author.com, get your free copy, get on that newsletter because, I mean, there's like books coming out constantly. You need to keep up with this stuff. It's going to be a busy, fun year. It's going to be absolutely exciting. And for everybody, I kind of have a, a little disclaimer. The second Saturday of every month, you get a newsletter from Constantine. So the talking cat sends you emails and he's a youtube buff so you get constantine top five youtube picks for the month so hence the reason he has fans because i'm obviously very boring and he's not so it (laughs) happens fantastic well thank you for joining me and let's get on over there to the website sign up and get that book going so nice meeting you pleasure madam and thank you so much for having me have an amazing day you too